0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Space Between Podcast, getting you from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Vernon Ross, and whether it be in business, life, relationships, money, health, there's always a place, the place where you currently are, and that goal, that place you want to be. We're going to explore that space because it is fascinating, the journey between where you currently are and where you want to get to. Sometimes getting to that place you define as success, sometimes it's just the next step. We're going to be talking to interesting people that have done amazing things in life. We're going to be talking to everyday people because we're all everyday people. And I want to know at the end of the show, what's your in between. So definitely make sure to reach out to me. Let me know what that is. And we're going to go ahead and get into the show. I've got my first interview, first guest for this show if you guys follow the previous show the social strategy podcast you're going to recognize patrice washington from that show she was my unofficial sort of official co-host because she had been on more than anybody else (laughs) kind of like that johnny carson thing where you know you have certain people that just come on all the time and they always deliver value so it wasn't like she was just the emergency contact of podcast guests she was actually on every time, usually drop some news or something else amazing that she was doing or working on. So it's always a pleasure and an honor to have Patrice on anything that I'm doing or be involved with her at all. Plus she shouts me out on our show like a regular, on a regular basis, which is the Redefining Wealth podcast, a very successful podcast that actually had a, a little bit of um, influence in helping to launch. It has reached, are you at 300,000? downloads yet? I'm pretty sure you are.
1: Uh, We're over 300,000. Yes, sir. There we
0: go. (laughs) Over over 300,000 downloads in less than a year and a community that is booming. Patrice is a best-selling author, multiple times best-selling author. You've got five books out now?
1: Four books, working on my fifth.
0: That's right. See, I am I was close. I, was close. <laughs> I, I knew the fifth was coming, but I I knew it's it's close to being done. Yeah. So, I mean, she is a she's America's money expert, America's money maven, and the Redefining Wealth podcast has I think changed the game as far as the way Patrice approaches financial education and overall wealth building because it's not just about money. Mm-hmm. And so the the tagline of the podcast is to chase purpose not money. So Patrice With that in mind, welcome to the show, the new show.
1: Well, thank you, and congratulations. I'm proud of you. And if you remember, you actually talked about this show on my podcast. That's where it broke. So (laughs) this is just, we're just full circle moments all around here. Right,
0: (laughs) right. You know know what's funny? The reason I mentioned it is so I would get it done. (laughs) Yeah, because i'm like nothing
1: like public accountability
0: right i'm like if i mention this on her show i am going to have to get it done because people are going to start looking for it and lo and behold people started looking for it and i've already (laughs) been hearing from people actually in your audience and people that have heard our recording reaching out to me about other stuff yeah podcast and stuff like that which which is cool so when i think about you and, and i look at you either on social and on Pretty much everything that you're doing, uh, whether I'm getting an email from you, talking about the next thing that you have going on, uh, watching your travels, stuff like that. Success comes in seasons. Uh-huh. And I think each time you reach a a particular point in your life where success is happening, we have a tendency to sabotage it. Sometimes it's it's on purpose not necessarily like, oh, I don't I don't want this to happen, but sometimes you're so afraid of the new thing that's happening, you get in your own way or you don't complete things that you need to complete. Uh-huh. Knowing that, you know, I need to get this done and then you try to do it last minute or if you don't get it done, you're like, oh, well, I probably really don't want to do that anyway. Have you experienced any of that in like the, the past couple of years? Because things have like exponentially changed for you over the past couple of Uh years and your business and everything that you're doing.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know if there's anyone out there who hasn't experienced that at some time or another. And I can think about, about two years ago or so before I actually launched redefining wealth, not the podcast, but more just the, the pivot to redefining wealth from real money answers, which is what my brand was for several years you know, I had all these ideas about launching, for example, a membership community. And I had so much stuff done. I got the branding done. I got logos. I understood the objective and who I was targeting and all these different things and how I wanted to help. And there was just something about it, Vern, where I could, I was just dragging my feet and I'm not really a drag my feet kind of girl, right? You know, from working with me and launching the podcast, it was like, Hey, Vern, I agreed to launch a podcast and I need your help because it has to launch in three weeks, you know, (laughs) With, (laughs) with nothing. And we had absolutely nothing. Right. And so I recognize that whenever I have an idea that I don't just throw myself into and get done within a very short period of time, there's usually something missing. Like there's usually something there that although it's been a good idea, What what I end up realizing in some form or fashion after time goes on is that it wasn't necessarily a God idea. And some Mm. things come to me and I feel like they were literally like, I don't have a choice not to do it. I feel that I was called to do it with the podcast. I felt such a tug in my spirit. Like I just knew that I knew that I knew that I had to get it done. So there was no option not to. And it wasn't because because, you know, podcasts can be relatively, you know, expensive to get started or a lot of investment yeah. of time and energy and resources. Um, and so. It wasn't because I was going to do that and it was the fastest way to the cash because it wasn't and it and it necessarily hasn't been it, but it was definitely a place for me to hone um, in on what my real message was with redefining wealth and who I wanted to support and you know, an opportunity to be consistent with, with putting out great content every week. And so at the time that I was getting the tug, I didn't know why, but I just felt like it was not an option. But previously with the membership community where I had created all this stuff and it was, I'm telling you, I was maybe, I could have launched with what I had. It was, it was that planned out, but it didn't feel right. It didn't, It looked right based on what my peers were doing because Mm -hmm. I saw so many people launching things like it. But I just could not move forward with it. And and to your point about self-sabotage, all of a sudden I became the lazy chick. And I'm like, I know I'm not lazy. (laughs) Right. I started to prioritize so many other things going on above it. But I knew that it was potentially a moneymaker. But it wasn't really in alignment with where I felt the purpose in my life was going. And so I would have done it and I could have made money, but it wouldn't, I don't think it would have been sustainable. I don't think it would, it would have, or I would have put in the passion and the time and the effort as I do with the podcast, right? Something that I love dearly and I put a lot of time into that would have made money sooner, quicker, faster, but it just didn't feel right. And I think sometimes we have to, Really ask ourselves, even if it's a good idea, was it a God idea? Was this meant for me, or am I doing it because other people are doing it? Am I doing it because it's the trend, it's the fad, it's the thing to do? Or does this really align with who I am, with my lifestyle, with where I feel like I'm being called to go? And anytime I feel myself self sabotaging, if I'm really intentional about being still and asking myself, you know, I'm very self reflective. So asking myself, okay, what's going on here? Because it doesn't take you this long to do stuff like this. You can come up with an idea and launch it in days if you want to. So the fact that this is taking you three months, you already know. <laughs> like there's something going on here and you got to be honest. And sometimes I have done things like that. And, and not just with that membership community, but several things. I've done things like that where I was gung ho because it was a good idea. But when I really tapped into whether it was God's best for me, I was like, no, I'll take the L. I know I have things designed already. I know that I've already invested time and energy and money. But if it doesn't feel right now, it's not going to feel better in the long run. So I might as well back back up now. But my computer, my laptop is full of uh, ideas that no one's ever seen in the marketplace.
0: Right. I've gone through quite a bit of that. And, you know, I, th- I guess the question comes up. I think that somebody listening to this would say, Well, but Patrice, you know yourself. You know who you are. I have no idea who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to find this this purpose. And everything that I'm looking at sounds right. Everything I'm looking at sounds like a good idea. Mm -hmm. When was was the first time that you got to the point of where you realized you did not have to chase everything that seemed good Mm -hmm. just because it could make money?
1: Man, when was the first time? There's been so many times uh, over the course of the last decade since I've been building America's Money Maven. But I, one thing that comes to mind in particular is, you know, I do a lot of work with brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was invited, my first time being invited on the Steve Harvey talk show. Now it's Steve. The previous show was Steve Harvey. And mm-hmm. I was a regular on that show for three years. And the first time I was invited, it was actually for a sponsored um, segment. And I was going to be paid $15,000 for four minutes. And at the end, they just wanted me to tell people to go do something that I just did not believe in. And it was interesting because for, it was on my vision board. <laughs> I was praying about that thing for like several months. I was already doing the radio show, my weekly segment on the Steve Harvey morning show at that time. And I was like, God, I just like, I feel like I'm ready for national TV. I could do this. Like I could do that. Cause I had done so much regional stuff by then. Mm-hmm. And the first call I get, I'm like, yes, yes. I was familiar with the brand. But I had an uneasiness about them. But I was like, as long as all I have to do is, you know, help the people on the show, which is what I was supposed to do anyway, then great. It was at the end they wanted Steve and I to both say something that was that I did not believe in. And I had like less than a day to confirm that I could be there, fly to Chicago and get on and do all this stuff. And man, I couldn't even get through the day. I sent that email. My husband was like, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Did you just say
1: I was like, you know what? I really appreciate the opportunity. Now, I had no idea if I would be invited back on or if I just blew it or whatever. But that was the first time for me when it came to really taking my career to the next level where I was literally willing to give up my first national appearance on our, you know, national TV appearance, because I did not believe in one small teeny tiny line that they wanted me to say. And I told them in the email, I said, I have built my, my audience on being transparent and authentic. And I believe whether, you know, anyone else believes it or not, I believe that my audience really trusts me. And there's nothing that I can say to jeopardize that trust. Like, I'm just not willing to do it. And if it's not something I truly believe in a thousand percent, I cannot get on national television and say it because we live in, you know, soundbite <laughs> Mecca right now, do. you know, and someone will take that one soundbite and try to discredit what I've built. At the time, I think I was saying for like the last seven years and I just can't do it. And they are. Are you sure? Are you sure? We'll have to go with someone else. And you know, we were trying to find someone who would become kind of the personal finance voice of the show. And I said, yes, I'm sure, but I appreciate you all thinking of me. And I let it go. But two months later, they called back with another opportunity. And that was the start of me being the regular personal finance person for the next three years on that show.
0: Wow. So having the strength to actually say no, how do you how do you develop that, though?
1: I always tell people it's a muscle. So if you don't know how to say no to little things, it's going to be very difficult to say no to big things, especially when it comes to money. Mm. Um, So I used to teach this course where a part of it was about relationships and money. And I would teach people about letting go of toxic relationships and understanding that other people's lack of planning is not their emergency and that you have to be willing To be uncomfortable, right? You have to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. And one of those is the ability to say no. And I would have my clients or the people in the course go through the next week. I'm like, for the next week, say no to anybody and everybody. Even things that you feel like are simple to do, it's a no brainer, especially because I, I work with a lot of women. So, you know, we tend to be people pleasers mm-hmm. and don't want anyone to be upset with us. And I was like, I don't care if someone says, can I borrow your pen? And they see you with the pen in your hand. Say no. And say no <laughs> with no explanation. No, well, no, because I'm taking this class. And then the, I said, you have to be able to learn how to say this with a straight face. And I really and, you know, people would come back and tell me how difficult it was or how liberating it was or, you know, how people reacted in those different types of things. But I tell them it's a muscle you have to build. You know, I'm a giver by nature, but I don't like people who are takers. And I found myself years ago in in different parts of my life, both personally and professionally, where I was around a lot of takers. People who just didn't know when to stop, right? You would offer them an inch and they would take a mile, as my granny used to say. You would try to give them a little something and then they would go overboard. And so they really taught me about the importance of saying no and setting up boundaries. And I've written scripts on how I would not lend people money in my family. Like, that's a big way (laughs) I've learned, too. Um, I like my husband and I developed a script that we both memorized and would stick to. That's Um, interesting. Oh, yeah, because I love you. I'm not going to be able to lend you X, Y, Z. But, you know, I can support you by giving you a one time donation of. And the donation is not based on what you need it's based on what's in my budget to give. So we have a little line item in our budget. If we feel like giving, you know, to people's miscellaneous causes, then we will. But if I don't believe in your cause and you're a repeat offender, I don't have to. That's your lack of planning.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: That's your lack of plan. I've been broke already, Vern. I lost all my money. A, and at the time in the recession when my husband and I had lost all our money and went from a seven-figure business to scraping up change, all the people that we gave to so freely, not one person could help us. Not one. And so my at my age and stage in life, I really believe what Steve Harvey told me years ago when I was his intern and 19 years old, he told me, Um, the worst thing you can do for a broke person is become one of them because eventually you're going to be broke when you don't know how to stop giving. And then you'll be two broke people looking at each other and it ain't nothing cool about that. Right. And I have held that. And so I will not give to the point of my own deprivation because it doesn't do you any good and it doesn't do me any good. And I refuse to enable people. I will empower and provide resources and tell you, here's what I did, step one, step two, step three, all day long. But if I don't teach you how to fish, you're going to starve eventually. So giving you fish is not helping. I have to teach you how to fish. And if you don't want to learn how, then get out my boat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was, you know, that was the next thing leading up to this, because when you experience the level of success that you have, you're, you're ultimately going to run into people that want to learn from you and that want to be mentored and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And every now and then you will have that person who, you know, they're super sincere and they really want this and they really want that. But every time you have a requirement that they learn something or they do something, there's always an excuse Mm -hmm. and there's always a reason. How do you, how do you move people past that? Or do you move people past that? Do you try to coach them past that?
1: I used to try, um, but I realized that I was kind of doing a different version of enabling, if you will, Mm -hmm. because if you come to me and say, I'm ready for change, I'm ready to do this, I'm ready to go to the next level. And I tell you, because I, I don't know about you, but I stumbled upon much of the success that I have. Right. Right? Like I had to figure it out, trial and error. And there was no one really there holding hands and saying, do this, do that. So if you meet someone like me and we, for whatever reason, build a rapport and I'm willing to pour into you that way, what I will not do is enable you to stay stuck in your own excuses because I don't have time. Right. And two, I could be spending that time invested in someone else who's serious about moving forward, not someone who likes to talk about it. And I used to try to save everyone. And then I realized that that was just a waste of time. You know, like you can only do so much. You can only do so much. You know, I speak all over the country. Most recently I've been on tour with uh, Paul Mitchell schools Mm -hmm. and I've spoken at their, their, they have over a hundred plus schools. I think I've been at maybe 15 schools now and still counting and going just in the last several months. And so at every speech, at every engagement, you know, there's about 400 or so kids per school. Um, mm-hmm. One event, they they brought schools together and we had about 1,200 on one day and oh, one my. afternoon. And so as I'm signing books or taking pictures and hugging folks at the end, I kid you not, probably 10% of them will say, can you be my mentor? Can you be my mentor? And I'm like, <laughs> right, you know what? Right. You know, I can't offer you some type of formal mentorship, But I always tell them I'm available. So if you send me messages on Instagram and you ask me a question, I'm going to answer for you. And I'm always going to give you the next best step. Do you know how many out of let's say there's been about. Two, three hundred at this point who have said, can you be my mentor, maybe 10 percent of them actually follow up. And then out of that half will actually do what I tell them to do. So they'll ask me a question and I'll say. Go read this book or go look at this blog or listen to this podcast episode and then come back and tell me what you learned and I'll give you something else. And there are several students, it's probably 20, if not 25 of them, that they do it. It right. may take them a few weeks or whatever, but they'll be, they'll come back, Miss Patrice. I did this, I did this, here's what I learned. Did you tell me this because you saw this on my page? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, did you say this because? And and they'll do it, and the re- and so because there are people who are willing to do it, I can't waste my time trying to chase those who won't even take the the first step. Yeah, I, I you know, I I've learned that I'm not called to save everyone. I'm not Jesus. Like I am called to save those who really want to accept um, what I have to offer, and if they are open to it, then I am always open. But especially to young people. Um, but what I tell older people, honestly, Vernon is that if you're, if you're 45, you're looking for a coach, you're not looking for a mentor, not from me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And there's a difference for me between coaching and mentoring. So with mentoring, I'm giving these kids very general ideas of the direction they should go in, right? Here's what I would do if I were in your shoes, if I, you know, was your age again, or if I was in this place here's what I did. And here's what I would tell you to do. And then with people who are more mature and who have had more life experience and done a lot of stuff, and they're looking for handholding, I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you want a coach. And if you want me to be your coach, then there's a process for that. But we're not going to talk in DM all day either. Like you're a grown up. (laughs)
0: Because there is that. Mm -hmm. They try. That's funny. So you bring up a good point because I I didn't really think about the difference between age. Uh because you know, you'll get this, I get it all the time uh with people who are like, "Well, you know, I hate my job. Can't stand mm-hmm. what I'm doing." I'm like, "Well, what else are you doing? What are you doing in your spare time?" "Well, I don't have any spare time." <laughs> and and then you go like, "Well, you go through the Well, take me through your day." Mm-hmm. Well, what do and the usually the first question that I get from take me through your day is what do you mean? And I'm like, take me through what you do in a day. Oh, well, you know, I go to work. What time do you get up? Well, you know, an hour before I got to be at work. I'm like, oh, okay. You you work out beforehand? No, I don't have time for that. I'm like, okay. What do you do? You know, what's your day look like? Do you go to lunch? Yeah. Do you go to lunch with your coworkers? Oh, yeah, pretty much every day. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, What do you do when you get off? Well, I'll go home. You know, maybe I'll stop, grab a, grab a drink here or there or something, or go by the grocery store, yeah. do whatever I got to do. Uh, you know, then I want to go home. I, I want to relax. I need to decompress. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, so after all that's done, after all your decompression and what else do you do? Well, it's time to go to sleep for the next day. About what, <laughs> about what time? Uh, you know, 12 or 1, I'm like, Oh,
1: because you watch TV all evening.
0: I'm like, so your Netflix or Hulu or Sling or whatever you're doing. Or your but, social media. Right. But scrolling, you 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 thumbing up Facebook or, you know, scrolling in Instagram or whatever. And when are you working on your other thing? Well, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out what I want to do. I'm like, you're not spending any time on it. So it's like. The surprise. I think that's
1: the thing that gets me is always the big surprise with it. It's, you know, when people reach out to me for coaching, I do the same thing. We ask them in the questionnaire, like, tell me how you spend your day. And we ask about self-care, you know, relationships, all the pillars, essentially, that Redefining Wealth are made of, like what time or how many hours are you allotting each week to each one of these? and. I'm like always amazed by the response because you're right. People will say, I have no idea what I want to do. I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know this. I don't know that. But it's like, but you have so, you have a lot of free time. So what? when we really look at this, I'm like, (laughs) when when are you going to put some effort into figuring that out? I remember when people would say, well, it's easy for you to say, I'm like, "I, I think you guys are missing this timeline because during the time that. I lost everything and I was starting over. I did end up having a full-time job for almost 18 months in Atlanta. I wrote two books on a Mm -hmm. full-time job. I finished one. Let me rephrase that. I finished the book that I started before I even got in um, to that job. And then I wrote my second one. So I had two book launches. I was, uh, I was speaking, I was still volunteering at a completely different place. I was doing everything because I feel like if you want it, burn, you're going to work for it. And I believe that when God sees what you're working on, he knows what you're waiting on. So I couldn't, I don't feel like I have a right to sit up here and pray about what I want to do, but then I'm not working towards it. And you don't have to know everything. I didn't know everything that it would entail to, to do it, but I knew what the vision was. And I was like, I just have to keep taking the next best step. And I promise you, every time I put a foot forward, it's like I would be exposed to a new person, a new mm-hmm. concept, a, a new idea, a business, you know, that was out there that could help coach me through it, whatever. And, you know, I believe that when you know what your purpose is, you can set your priorities. So I wasn't using my money from work, whatever money was left over, because again, we were rebuilding. Like we right. were starting over fresh. And I didn't have a lot of money. I that was a, you know. A forty thousand dollar a year job, and I had a kid who had daycare and all this stuff, and my husband was starting over as well, and so we needed every bit of it. But whatever I could squeeze out, because I was clear about what my priorities were, I knew okay, this paycheck I could put a one fifty aside, and then the next paycheck I'll put two fifty aside, and then I'll get that last hundred because I want to take this course for five hundred dollars that's going to help me, you know, figure out how to self publish my book. Mm-hmm. Like I was intentional and so many of us just let the days go by talk, you know so willy-nilly i don't know if that's still a thing people say but you mm-hmm. know it's like if you don't if you're not intentional about how you spend those hours they are just going to go by
0: yeah i think there's something important about what you just said though um well first off there was something that you said that when you're working towards some I missed it. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. It was so good that I forgot exactly what you said, but I was like, oh.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, that when God sees what you're working on, he already knows what you're waiting on. Like he knows what's next. He knows what you need next.
0: But that was a chills moment. I was like, "Ooh,
1: yeah. I mean, my philosophy, I was I was on a run today. Right. I didn't do my normal workout this morning. So I went for like a 40 minute run and As I was just running, I was just thinking, like, I got to do all I can do and then stand. Like, Mm -hmm. it is not my job to know every piece of the puzzle. I am committed to the vision, but I am not attached to how I get there. And I know, which is what going back to how we started the interview, with the podcast, I was so committed, but you and I both know I knew nothing. I knew nothing about nothing. I wasn't quite sure about my cover art. I didn't know if I wanted to have some random man introducing me, which we decided (laughs) was unnecessary, right? I didn't know if I was going to just do solo episodes or a hybrid of solo and interviews. I didn't know. I didn't have an editor. I didn't understand podcast hosting. I didn't understand what the flow for my show notes would be. I knew nothing, but I was committed to creating something powerful that I really believed could be a blessing to people. And that is literally all I knew. Now with that right. membership community, I knew about 80% of what needed to happen. And I still didn't do it because it was not for me. It just that that version of that at that time with that name and that brand, I didn't see the future. I didn't see that redefining wealth was in my future and that my total brand was going to pivot. So had I launched that two years ago, it would have been short-lived because it mm-hmm. represented all of my old stuff. It did not represent who I will be walking into or who I was becoming just six months later. But but that's why I couldn't make progress. Like, right. it just was not a fit.
0: How hard was it to let go?
1: <sighs> it was difficult. I had a friend on my team who was supporting me through that. Um, one of my best friends from college actually does a lot of strategic Um, partnership work and strategic planning. And I I hired her to come on board and keep me focused because I realized that I had allowed myself to be in the money maven box, Mm -hmm. which for me meant that I could only talk about those things that people would expect from a finance expert. And it was very budgets. It was very budget, credit, savings, debt elimination, taxes, investing, real estate. It was very For me, what I would consider one dimensional or or one sided, because I always felt like wealth was more than money and material possessions. And in my personal life, I was always pursuing all these other or becoming my best self in all these other areas of my life. And I really believed in my gut that working on those things is what helped me continue to attract opportunities that would help me make more money. But I didn't know how to share that because. I'm not supposed to talk about fitness. I'm a finance person. I'm right. not supposed to talk about relationships. I'm a finance person, right? Yeah. And so at first I I kind of battle with will people accept this from me? Will they accept me having this conversation? Will I lose half my audience? You're already making good money. Why are you trying to rock the boat? <laughs> like, right. you could keep on this time. path. Yeah, yeah, you could keep this, you could keep on this path forever. Why would you? And again, it was that tug. It was that, you know, kind of that still small voice that was like, you going to chase purpose or money. Are you going to chase purpose or money? Are you going to, are you okay with, you know, kind of going into this unfamiliar territory and just trusting and seeing what happens. And it was the, it was the best decision I think of my career at this point, but it took bringing in someone who could help me stay focused because when I would have moments of, you know, terror where I would be like maybe I should just write something real quick about, <laughs> you know, a very money heavy thing and my my girlfriend who was also, you know, on my team, she was like no because that's not redefining wealth. What you like I need you to stick to this library of content and flush out all these things that we said you would do. And I'm so glad that she was on my team. Shout out to Sophia and I'm so grateful because Having her as an additional level of accountability, which I think is the secret sauce to abundance is having accountability in some form or fashion, um, that really helped and it helped me pivot and I think I made a very powerful pivot
0: I think so. I remember having the conversation with you about how the brand was changing mm-hmm. uh, and it was one of the actually one of the first times I had considered stopping the old podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like you know what? I've been experiencing a little bit of stuff that I don't quite like. And uh, (laughs) I like, well, if Patrice can do it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? Because it really is a story that we make up in our minds. Like we don't give. I know for me, I'll say I wasn't giving my audience enough credit. Because what Mm -hmm. I didn't realize is when I made the pivot, one of the things that we did was send an email out to my entire list. It was like 20 something plus thousand people. And it was like, can you receive more than money from me? And it's so funny. We probably had, I don't know, a couple well, maybe 150 or so people that actually replied. But the crazy thing was how many of them said, I've always seen you as that you've always represented more than money to me. Or when I took your couples and money challenge, I thought you already talked about relationships. <laughs> like, or when I took this, you already talked about, you know, setting up your environment and your life to support you. And it was like, really, I have been saying it all along. I just hadn't called it anything. Right. So people who were really in my community and really paying attention and really showing up to hear me speak in different places and all that, They were like, girl, what's the new stuff? Cause that's, you've been saying that you just calling it something now. And I'm like, wow, I really Mm -hmm. was insulting their intelligence, but I also was not giving myself permission to get out of that story. Cause a lot of it was a made up story. And in your case as well, you've always talked to entrepreneurs about the journey. I yeah. know it started out with, like, social media stuff, but it always For like ended three up.
0: episodes. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, I know the times that I was on, we definitely talked about my journey and what's new. I was always breaking stuff on your podcast, and it's like, what's new, and how did you get here, and what made you feel that, you know, you wanted to go this route. So, your audience is like, oh, okay, I didn't know. Well, that's what we've been doing. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I had, uh, I had John David Mann on, uh, he's author of many books, Bob Berg wrote with him. And, uh, the go-giver is one of their the books that he helped co-author author. And, uh, he had wrote this book with his, with his chef called the recipe. And we're just, we're talking about books and the writing process. And after the interview, he goes, man, that was such a good interview. He's yeah, like, wow. this is one of the most favorite ones I think I've done. Um, how is this related to social media? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause that was right around the time where I'm like, you know, I interviewed a couple people that I, I just, the interviews were, they'll never be published mm. because they were, they were very salesy. They were very, mm-hmm. this is the thing that I'm doing. So this is why your audience should buy my product. Mm-hmm. And then it was a, um, a an affiliate program you know those it was at FinCon I was actually at the financial bloggers conference for those of you who don't know what FinCon is um, not this past year but last year uh-huh. and a brand approached me to um, be an ambassador and I'm like, okay well this is this is interesting I haven't been a, band, a brand ambassador in a long time. It'd be, it would probably or possibly be great revenue for the site. Mm -hmm. But it really wasn't the type of deal that I wanted, but I took it anyway. Mm -hmm. And when it came time for the interview, Uh -uh. I wanted to interview a founder. They wanted to send me to their marketing manager. Yeah. Uh And then the conversation was very, oh, well, this is how affiliates can take it. I I don't want to hear that. (laughs) I want to hear, how did this company, how did you build this company? How did you come to work with these type of people? How do you make this profitable. I'm and like, I wanted to talk about the story of it, not just the thing to sell the thing to get affiliates for the, you know, my sign up link. And at that point, that was the shift where I'm like, you know what? This is this is not aligned with who I am or the story that I want to tell. So I think it's time to kill this one and start a new one.
1: Yeah. I think we all have those defining moments though, right? Where it takes having Kind of a crappy experience, if you will, Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, you know what? I I was seeing the pebbles thrown. I felt that rock right, but (laughs) now this is getting ridiculous. Like this is just a boulder, and I'm being foolish. And for me, I knew it was time to pivot from my old brand. I don't know if you remember that my site was hacked, yeah, really terribly, and I had already gotten the nudge that I needed to shift and. I was like, mm, I I don't think you mean right now though, right? I think I think that this little call that I'm feeling to shift all my stuff means like later, like in a couple years.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: my site was hacked terribly. Not like a redirect to an unsavory site. I mean, people hacked, changed the languages, went in and um deleted actual files and oh, all this God. stuff it was really bad one of the worst when i talked to the hosting provider they were like yeah um do you have enemies cuz <laughs> i'm like dang, i i'm just a personal finance lady like who have i you know offended like my goodness
0: now you are that you was had like traffic that's what that was they won't yeah, steal traffic
1: it was crazy and so that was that was like more than a pebble that was big right but then out of the blue, I ended up getting a letter in my PO box from a big company who also had some similar words in their trademark. Mm-hmm. Five years after filing my trademark, someone says, you're trying to infringe upon our trademark. I'm like, is this even legal? <laughs> like I had this trademark for five years. It's on books. It's on segments. It's like, I've done so much with this name. Are you kidding? And that was another thing. It was like, oh, are you kidding right now? My attorney was like, we can fight it, but you're going to end up fighting it for years. It's because right. they have the money to do it. And do you even want to? And it, again, in the back of my head, it was like, did not tell you to give up that name that the, that you were more than this and you needed to shift. And I was like, ah, yeah, ah. you know, and it was just like one thing after another. And finally I surrendered, which is what you finally did. I surrendered like, you know what? You're right. What am am I doing? Why am I trying to force this when I'm clearly being led down another path? And I think if folks get nothing else from our discussion today, I hope that they start to recognize those those pebbles for what they are. And they give themselves permission to allow the pebble to to inspire a pivot. Because there's so much more on the other side of it if we would just let go and
0: embrace what's calling us next. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was having a conversation and I'm like, look, if you want to see something different, you got, you're going to have to go down a different road. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're, you're walking down the same road. Of course, you're going to see the same stuff. Mm -hmm. There's, there's another road right over there. You're, you're just afraid to go because it's a little dark down there and you don't know what's down there. But if you want to see something different, it's on the other side of it. You got to go down the road. And I think that's where, you know, with you, as I see, you know, your brand developing, have seen it over the years, every time you do something, you do it at another level of excellence. Oh, and so it's, it's, it's one of those things, no, you're, you're more than welcome, that I wonder when people look at you and they look at your brand, do they sometimes feel overwhelmed to try to measure up to where you are currently?
1: understanding
0: mm. where you've come from. And then they assign that to you as like, oh, well, you're already here. I could never do that. And so I won't do anything.
1: You know, I always encourage people to not do that. Yeah. I know how easy it is too. But, you know, when I lost everything and I was in Metairie, Louisiana on the bathroom floor in that little teeny tiny apartment, uh, kind of balling my eyes out and asking God why. You know, like, why did I have to go through this? I've been a good person. I treat people well. This doesn't make sense. Like good thing, or, you know, bad things are not supposed to happen to good people. And I was bawling and crying. And I was shown the scripture that you always hear me say, Proverbs 17, 16, what good is money in the hands of a fool that they have no desire to seek wisdom. And I tell people when I started to pick apart knowledge versus wisdom, and I was just like really meditating on what that verse meant to me in that moment. And I was inspired to get up off the floor and start a free Mm -hmm. blogspot.com. I tell people all the time, I don't take that blogspot down. If you Google my name and search long enough, it's buried in there. It's there. It's (laughs) findwealth.blogspot.com. And the reason that I leave it up is because I want people to see how far I've come. That blog spot was created in 2009, right? So nine years ago to go from that free blog spot, which is actually what got me writing for magazines, which got me writing for other websites, which got me a few viral posts that ended landed on radio interviews that I started out very terribly at because that was not my profession. Like I did not (laughs) start this to become a media personality, right? Um, I was just trying to defend myself on the radio and did a horrible job. But nonetheless, I did it. And it turned into one thing after another, which led to the books. My first book was based on the series of blog posts from that po- from that uh blog, from that freeblogspot.com. Fifty percent of that book came from blog posts that I have written for the blog.
0: Oh, no, and then that's I used something I that. did not know. That is funny.
1: Oh yeah, my very first book. Yep, I used it as the foundation. And I wrote the book because I was starting to get little speaking gigs mostly around Atlanta. Not I mean, I'm talking $50, $100, $150, $200. I remember we still have a scan of my first $250 check. And I was like, if I get 10 of these a month, I can leave my job, right? Um that was the whole that was my whole thing. And You know, I I keep that in front of me just to one, just always be aware how far I've come. But I, I always put it out there, Vern, because I don't want people to get caught up in what they see now. Like, yeah, you can't jump up and just and some people do. They say they do. And if they do, God bless them. But the average person out there, you can't jump up and do all of these things at this level because you haven't you would be skipping steps like you would be missing some rungs on the ladder. Mm -hmm. And to be able to jump to national television without first blowing it on a few local television markets where no one will hopefully ever see it or find it like, you know, you have to go through that because when you get to these other places, like when I got to Dr. Oz, for example, they expect you to come in and know what the heck you're doing and be on point and get out. (laughs) They're not going to be like, here are the camera angles and make sure you have a nice resting face. Cause if your resting face is a, is not a nice face, you're going to feel dumb on -hmm. national TV. You know, like they don't have time to train you when you get to that level. So your training is in doing the small stuff. So I always tell people don't despise small beginnings. And I also remind myself, there's a lot of women out there Who I look up to and who I think are absolutely amazing, but I also remind myself that I'm not in competition with them. I just need to do the next best step for Patrice. What I cannot do is skip steps and assume that I need to be four rungs up the ladder from where I am right now either. I'm very pleased with the progress that I've made, but I know that there's so much more to this vision, but I'm okay with the steps in between because I I always say I want to have the best and strongest foundation that I can. I need this foundation to be unshakable because I've already been through some big life shakeups and I know how it can just completely rock your world. So I don't have a desire to rush and do, you know, too many things and not have my foundation set. That's why I don't do. um, I haven't been I've been invited on so many television shows. I've been offered my own show, but the premise did not speak to redefining wealth and who I really am. And I would, I've told producers, there was I mean, if I told you guys names and the shows they've been affiliated with, you'd be like, oh, you did? Yeah, <laughs> I've said no. I've said no because I was not willing to do anything that would compromise my integrity and that would weaken the foundation that I've worked so hard to build. So I'm willing to wait for the right opportunity. And so when someone sees that I am uh, doing a show of whatever level, they know that it's right. Right. They know that oh Patrice wouldn't just jump up and do that just to say she's on TV. Exactly. No. I, and 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 that's you know, that comes from having a strong foundation that I've worked really hard to build. If all of this came overnight and I was just chasing money, that's how people get, you know, get their little 15 minutes blown up, you know, like and they're back working at AutoZone. I don't know why I said autozone, but <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? That's, that's what messes it up. And I'm just not willing to do that. But I leave that free blog spot up for that reason, Vern, because I always want to point people to some place and say, listen, this is where I started. And I'm not saying you have to start way back here, but I'm telling you that this is what led to this, and this led to this, and this led to this, and that led to this, and that's how I got here. Mm-hmm. And if you think that this is my first iteration of a site or my first concepts or my first whatever sadly mistaken.
0: Right. That's not true. Yeah. No, I I, I love what you're saying um, as, as we wrap it up, because we, you know, we could just keep going. Um, Right. The bathroom, when you talk about that story and Mm -hmm. you use that quote, that quote has stuck with me ever since you said it, the very first time you were on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And every time you talk about your past, there's a portion of it, where you see that you were living what it is that you were talking about. Even Mm -hmm. when you were talking about, you know, I put $150 aside here. And then, you know, I put another $250 aside here. And I put money aside here so I could take that $500 class to learn this. Mm -hmm. Constantly being willing to invest in your own knowledge so that you can provide more value, which I Mm -hmm. think is another one of the messages that if you take anything away from this, you have to be willing to invest in yourself if you ever want to get better than where you currently are.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm blown away by people who say they want more and then they pick apart every opportunity to potentially <laughs> work with someone, right? Like, because yeah. I've had people come to me, well, I was going to take this course and I was going to do that, but then I didn't like this and then I didn't like that or I took this course, but then, and then I go, well, did you do what the course said? Oh Well, No. No, I didn't do that. No, No. you were looking for this course or this whatever to be a magic pill, you know, to be fairy dust or something. And at the end of the day, you still have to do the work. And I always tell people, especially in this day and age where courses are a dime a dozen, they're everywhere. Right. And I get that. It's like you don't need any more information. Right. Wisdom is knowing how to use the information you already have. And a lot of us are great at going to gather information, but we do not implement wisdom. And that's why my, my social media handles are Seek Wisdom PCW because it's even my reminder to always be seeking wisdom. I am queen of information gathering, but at some point you have to go ahead and put things into practice. You can't gather information forever in a day. Like at some point, the only way you're gonna learn is on the job, is in the midst of doing whatever it is you say you came to do. And I totally agree with you. When I look at some of the people who coached me back in the day, Vern, like I've, I've surpassed them on such levels that I could coach them at this point. Right. Like I just didn't know what I didn't know at that time, but I was coachable and I remain coachable. My daughter teaches me things all the time. She taught me how to swim last summer. Like I'm, I'm coachable and I can learn from anyone. Um, and I believe that everyone has something to teach us. I really do. But it's interesting because now when I see some of those people that I invested money in back then, I know that now I charge 10 times what they charged. (laughs) Right. But it was, but it was a seed planted because they knew something that I did not know. No matter how basic or simple it was, the reality is I was coming from a different world. I had a brick and mortar business and I knew nothing about self-publishing and online marketing and, you know, digital products and this. I knew nothing about that stuff. And I invested to learn what I needed to know. And then as I start making more, I just kept investing more. So Mm -hmm. I've done stuff from, I mean, you know, a $50 digital course download to, $500 $500 in a program to $5,000 to coaching up to $25,000 for coaching. But every single thing that I've done has continuously, you know, contributed to, to who I am and what I can create. And that's why I don't shortchange myself in the marketplace when it's time to charge. Because I know that I've invested so much in me that whoever works with me is going to get, you know, all of that and then some, Right. And so mm-hmm. how can you demand a premium from people if you want to invest in yourself?
0: That right there is the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Patrice, this has been amazing. And there are so many conversations and what you just said that we could go into. <laughs> we'll have to record another episode. I'll leave you guys with this one. I'll tell you, just make sure you watch Patrice. Watch her get on her email list, join her community. Because... Just the sheer fact of being around her and watching her will make you uplevel your game. Two Aww. examples. I, I I am for real. Two examples from me. Something that I did because just being around you. You were talking about a podcast course, and a couple years prior, you had mentioned to me about doing a course. And I'm like, yeah, blah blah, blah I might do it. And you were like, um, well, why haven't you done a course? Well, there are other courses out there like that. And I'm like, well, he's like, but there's no other courses out there with the Vernon Ross secret sauce. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so you were doing something for your community and mm-hmm. you was like, hey, do you have a podcasting course? I was like, um, I don't, but I will at the end of the day. <laughs> and you reply back in text. Good answer. Because I'm, like, I'm like, wait a minute. I. I was talking to her about this two years ago and I've been busy, but didn't make any progress on this one little bitty thing that should not take me that long to do. So you forced me to do it mm-hmm. and you're onboarding for podcast guests. I was like, man, that is, that is better than mine. So of course I replicated a portion of it and changed my onboarding. So now my guests actually go to a thank you page. that's on my site that has instructions because just your systems are good. Ah, uh, thank you. So I was like, wow, I hadn't done that like that. And I haven't seen it done this way and where it's this clean and this professional. I need to up level the game. So,
1: well, it, you know what's crazy is the template that I started with was your podcast. I know. So it's so funny. It's so funny, though. You know, again, it's always full circle. And that's what that's what iron sharpens iron means, right? Right. Like, I came on your podcast, I saw the template for how you invited guests. And then I said, Oh, okay, I want to do that. But you know how my brain is. So like, Right. I went OCD on like, but I don't want people to be doing this. You know? right. I'm like, and I don't want to have to keep answering that. And I don't want my team. And then so I started to build from there. But I'm so glad that we that we could just keep sharing and up leveling one another. That's what being, you know, in community is about. And and I'm I'm very grateful for the relationship that we built over the years from a chance, you know, kind of meeting at FinCon. Was <laughs> right. that four years ago now? Nice. Um, five years ago already. And we have just consistently kind of sewn into each other's lives. And I just appreciate genuine relationships like that. So thank you for no,
0: everything. No, it, it is it is my pleasure. you have always been a blessing ever since I met you. So it is uh, more than the pleasure. And I am honored to have you on the first interview that I've done for this new podcast, The Space Between Podcasts. <laughs>
1: I feel like such
0: a big deal. <laughs> you are a big deal. You are a big deal. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Happy to happy to have you on. And I really do appreciate it, Patrice. All right. So as always, an amazing episode with Patrice. Uh, I am just blown away by some of the stuff that we talked about. Uh, one of the things I think you guys can reflect on with this episode is a couple of the quotes we talked about i mean there was a lot of information in this episode and i mean it's a long one but it is a good one and i definitely recommend you listen to it in sections or if you can just power through the whole thing listen to the whole thing go through and take some notes but one of the things that she says is i believe when God sees what you're working on he knows what you're waiting on and for things to be delivered to you when you need them as you Talk to people, and as you do things, you create opportunities by moving and doing action and taking action upon action, and it just really helps you to get to that next level and figure out where you are while you're working through your in between. And you know, another thing that that she said, like right after that, is that she was committed to the vision, but not committed to how she gets there. And I think too often people get caught up in the story that they're telling themselves. And you have to give yourself permission to get out of the story that you've been telling yourself, because depending on how you're thinking about things currently right now in your current situation, that is the thing that could hold you back because that's the story that you're telling yourself. If you're constantly telling yourself that, well, I could never do this, or I don't know if I'm the type of person to do that, oftentimes we'll get caught in that story and it continues to be the truth because that's what we're telling ourselves is true. And so there's just so much in this episode that you can walk away with. Uh, I'm going to have quite a few of these quotes in the show notes, so definitely make sure to check that out. This was the first of many interviews coming on the podcast, and I'm so thrilled that Patrice could be like the first person that I could get on here onto the podcast to provide you guys some super value. And most importantly, I want to make sure that you communicate what is your in-between What are the things that are important to you, trying to get you from where you are to where you want to be? I want to know what those things are. So please feel free to message me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, share with me what your in-between is, or of course, email me, vernon at vernonross.com to reach out. Uh, If you have an interesting guest, you want me to interview. If there's some names out there of people that you know, you think that they have an amazing story and you want to know what their in-between is, definitely let me know, shoot me an email, and I will reach out and get those people on the show. And nobody pretty much is out of reach. And with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead, get out of here, but do make sure that if you enjoy the podcast before you go to the next thing, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Five stars if you think this was a five star interview. I think it was a six star interview. It was awesome. Uh, Had such a good time as I always do talking to Patrice. I wish I could just record some of our conversations because wow, they are. We have some amazing conversations when we see each other. We may actually have to do that. Just go freestyle so you guys can get like a glimpse into how our minds work when we're talking about stuff. But uh, definitely make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you have not picked up a copy of Master Your Message, pick up a copy of Master Your Message. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Just click on it. You can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, wherever you buy your books. It helps to support the show and to uh, be able to bring you guys good stuff. I want to start doing some giveaways. And um, as a matter of fact, if you shoot me an email first like five people that shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll let you guys know, I'll send you a free copy of the book. So just just as a thing to throw out there. Master Your Message, the guide to finding your voice in any situation really does help support this show. So I would appreciate it. It is a story for me about uh, how I kind of found my voice over the years. Uh, Not really a biography, but part, part biography. I think you guys will enjoy the book. Uh, you can buy it anywhere books are sold. And I really would appreciate you uh, shooting me an email and me know because I'd like to give away five copies. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and I will see you guys in the next episode.